up, everyone? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, here to talk about Monday Night Raw, or as I like to call it, Dom is War, because this was definitely a night where Dominic Mysterio was probably the star of the show. We're going to get into all that. I'm very excited to discuss this new iteration of Dominic Mysterio. He has evolved into a man, a man who looks like Conan. We'll get to it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. What's up, everybody? I hope your week started off great. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. And I hope you're excited for Wednesday's brand new episode of Out of Character. Finally back with a brand new episode. and I think you guys are going to like it. I gave you a little tease on the last episode. So I like to give more information to those of you who are listening to these Raw and SmackDown roundups. So I'm going to tell you who the guest is. We got Carmelo Hayes on the show. Super fun conversation. Interesting getting to know that guy because there's not a ton of information about him on the internet. You're going to learn much more about Carmelo Hayes, the person on this week's edition of Out of Character, but we're not there yet. That's Wednesday. Today is Monday, and of course, we're here to discuss Monday Night Raw. Now, first off, just want to say real quick, before we get into the show, I also want to note one more thing. If you're listening to these roundups make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast as well i don't know if you're just seeing my tweets and checking it out but if this is the first one make sure you subscribe so you keep getting them in the feed keep getting out of character in your feed and if you do enjoy the show every week if you are one of the people who has already subscribed and you're already listening go hook it up with a rating on apple podcasts or excuse me a review on apple podcasts a rating on Spotify. When you hit those star buttons on Spotify, it helps people get to see this show, spreads the word a little bit, it helps feed into the algorithm, so go hook it up. And as far as the Apple Podcast reviews are concerned, one, they make me happy because I like to see when you guys are appreciating the show. I'm not talking to anyone here. I can't hear you. So if you are enjoying these podcasts, go hook it up with a review on Apple Podcasts. I will read the best ones here on these Roundup shows. All right, enough of the shilling, enough of me trying to get you to do something. You're like, God, Ryan, just get to the raw stuff. That's what we're here to talk about. So that's what I will do. We will start with where the show began, and that was KO coming out first, but he was immediately interrupted by JBL, who introduced Baron Corbin. Owens, of course, dropped his head in disgust on the turnbuckle as both uh, JBL and Baron Corbin got heat from the crowd. And then when those two were done, Kevin challenged Baron Corbin to a match. So that's what we got. Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin. This was a solid match that saw both sides get equal amounts of offense in until Owens eventually hit a stunner out of nowhere for the win. Before he could celebrate, though, KO noticed the bloodline coming through the crowd to attack him. So he tried to cut one off as quickly as he could. A brawl breaks out. It seems like they're going to get the best of him. But Owens refused to let up. And he fought back with a chair eventually to get the advantage himself, which caused the bloodline to retreat to the back as Adam Pierce and more officials stopped them from taking things further. Okay, excuse me. After the break, then, we got Pierce stopping the Usos from leaving. 
He let them know there's a tag team turmoil match later, and the winner gets a tag title shot, and that Solo has a match tonight against Dolph Ziggler. The Usos are seemingly escorted from the building. All right, that was a lot to recap, but it was all kind of the same story here. If you didn't watch SmackDown last week, then you didn't see that we're getting Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the undisputed Universal Championship at Royal Rumble. So obviously there was going to be more continuation of this. No Sami Zayn present, and I felt that was smart since we're going to get KO versus Sami Zayn on SmackDown. And I, 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 I think I have, I felt like they've overdone the, the invasion from the bloodline a bit much in this story. However, I, I realized that when you got people from different brands feuding, you got to do what you got to do. But I just felt like they're going back to that well a little too much. That being said, Owens standing tall over all three of those guys, blood, uh, the Usos and Solo Sokoa, by the end of this segment, did make him look strong heading into the Royal Rumble, and you got to keep making Kevin Owens look as strong as possible before his title match against Roman Reigns. He's already been hot under Triple H, but you got to keep that going for a few more weeks until we get to the Royal Rumble. I saw a talk this weekend of people saying that they don't think that Kevin Owens is going to be the one to take the title from Sammy, excuse me, from from Roman Reigns. Um, I, I I think we kind of got into that a little on the the last roundup podcast, and I'm glad <laughs> that the clip that I shared, where I talked about thinking that Sami Zayn is going to be the one that turns on the bloodline. I'm glad that so many of you agreed with me. Appreciate that. It's always nice when the comments aren't filled with people telling me I'm a crazy person. I'm glad that there were so many of you that agree with me. I know there's a lot of you that did not agree with me as well, but that's going to happen. I'm just glad that there were some that did agree because I, I, I'm i going to feel real vindicated if that's what happens because I've been saying it since the beginning. That being said, back to Kevin Owens, back to this whole segment. Good way to start off the show. Uh, Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens, Two good wrestlers. Like I said, a solid match. Very equal. Um, Baron Corbin had been a little absent, I feel like. Uh, hadn't been doing much with this JBL, Baron Corbin stuff. Uh, but it makes sense for him to talk about wanting to win the Royal Rumble. He's obviously going to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, I, there was nothing to complain about here. Uh, good way to start off the show. wasn't like... There was anything too, you know, nothing that blew me away too much, but also still enjoyable. So definitely can't complain about it by any stretch of the, by, by, by any means cannot complain about getting a match between Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens. Two great wrestlers uh, and definitely, you know, got some time to do their thing where both sides got to get their stuff in. Next, we saw Alexa Bliss getting on the announce table to talk about what she did last week to Bianca Belair. Bliss says that she isn't afraid of Howdy or Bray Wyatt. Uh, that, that Excuse me. Bliss says that Bianca isn't afraid of Howdy or Wyatt. That Bianca is afraid of her because Alexa herself is the face of evil. Alexa also says she hasn't felt this good in a long time because she's finally taken control and is the one in charge, saying, 
I have the whole world in my hands, a la Bray Wyatt. A video then flashes on screen of Uncle Howdy and an empty playground. Howdy can be heard saying, do you feel in charge? He then walked out, and Alexa looked emotional as she stood on the announce table watching him on the ramp. And then the show abruptly went to commercial break. I saw a lot of talk about that quick commercial break online. I saw some people giving their thoughts on this. And I kind of agree with a lot of them that, yes, I realize I am watching a television show. But when you go, just when you fade out like that and go to break and then just come back, I can't help but wonder as a human being, well, like, what happened in the meantime? Did did Howdy just quietly walk back and then she got down and walked away? I kind of wanted to see more of how that would have affected her. But I do... You know, I it from watching the little video that cut in showing Dark Alexa and her interactions with Bray Wyatt, I am happy with the fact that we're getting resolution to whatever was going on between them. I don't care. Yes, I am. I was hard on that angle when it happened, but I'm happy to be getting resolution to whatever that story was, because it did just get left hanging as this weird thread. This weird thing hanging above Alexa Bliss, especially once Bray Wyatt got released, and it was like someone couldn't even talk about. But now that he's back and we're going to get the conclusion to all of this or the next evolution of all of this, um, I, I, I am liking it. Now, like I said, I thought that abrupt commercial break was weird. Um, but I, you know... As someone who likes to watch other TV shows besides just the ones in pro wrestling every week, I like week-to-week episodic storytelling. I like when we get little developments along the way. I like weird mysteries that I have to figure out. That's why I liked watching White Lotus, because the whole time I was trying to figure out who was going to die. It's the reason I liked watching Glass Onion, because the whole time... I was trying to figure out who the murderer was. And similarly, you know, or or, or actually, you know, I'll even go another one. Barbarian. I also just watched Barbarian. Um, Not all TV shows. These are movies I'm naming too. But with Barbarian, I wanted to know what the hell was going on. So I kept watching because it it kept my attention. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm into this mystery. And that's kind of how I feel with this Bray Wyatt storyline. We're not even getting matches with it. It's just like this long, interesting storyline. So I'm digging it. I also saw a lot, you know, I the clip that I posted last week, or maybe a little bit longer ago now, the clip that I posted about the, the Uncle Howdy and Bo Dallas and me wondering, you know, why people think it's going to be Bo Dallas, um, I read all of the responses, I, I looked at all the photo comparisons, I see what some people are talking about a little more. But if Uncle Howdy is Bray, uh, excuse me, if Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas, then I hope that they don't unveil him as such. I hope that this is just a new character for him and it's Uncle Howdy because this Uncle Howdy character is scary and it is freaking people out. And I think that no diss to Bo Dallas, who I was a huge fan of. Thought he was super funny, super entertaining in a lot of the stuff that he did. But he wasn't scary ever. I don't think Bo Dallas ever struck fear into people. That wasn't what his character was about. But this Uncle Howdy character is actually scary. 
So let's say it is Bo Dallas. I hope it's just Bo Dallas playing the character of Uncle Howdy and that they don't reveal him to be Bo Dallas. Because right now, this Uncle Howdy character has been fairly entertaining, fairly scary, has my attention. I I like the mystery of what's going on in Bray Wyatt's head. I want to know if we're getting the Fiend soon. I want to know in what form Bray Wyatt is wrestling at the Royal Rumble. I have so many questions about this Bray Wyatt storyline. And not in a bad way where I was like, oh, too many questions and not, not enough answers. No, I'm in, I, I like the progression of where it's been going. I do enjoy it. Okay, I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop on that. I'll move forward. Uh, next, we had Bailey versus Mia Yim. And before the match, Bailey talks crap to Becky Lynch for beating her and then tells Io and Dakota they could have the night off and go to the back. I really thought when that happened that the finish of this match was going to be, you know, Mia Yim taking advantage of Becky Lynch beating up the rest of Damage Control backstage. And we see the video. Bailey gets distracted and a roll-up pin, a win for Mia Yim. But that's not what happened. They really threw me off there. They gave the easy setup for it, but that's not what happened. Instead, this was another fairly competitive match that saw Bailey get the win by cheating after putting her feet on the ropes. Not a lot to uh, analyze here. Clearly feeding more into Bailey and Becky Lynch. I'm guessing those are going to be two of the final four in the Royal Rumble. Um, surprising not to see Becky Lynch on the show tonight. Uh, especially since, like I said, there was a there was the clear in there for, for her to take advantage of the situation and beat up EO and Dakota. But interesting, they went a different direction with it. Um, didn't really. I mean, it was it, it was an entertaining match. So ultimately, uh, that's really what matters here. But there wasn't anything too much storyline wise that was progressed here. Uh, next, we got an update on Johnny Gargano, who apparently has a shoulder injury that he's working through. So he wasn't cleared to compete tonight. We'll get to. Uh, the main event that he was supposed to compete in in a little bit, but hopefully he's not injured for too long, Johnny Gargano. He tweeted, um, pulling up his tweet right now. What did Johnny Gargano say? Scrolling back, scrolling back through all my Dom content. Here we go. Uh, Johnny Gargano said, I injured my shoulder at a live event in Toronto. Ironic, question mark. And the medical team is going to protect me from myself for a bit. But you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to get back in that ring so I can be the guy you all know I can be. Just let me in that rumble. So hopefully we see Johnny Gargano in the Royal Rumble. Uh, makes sense. And hopefully I, we see more of a, a separation between him and Dexter Loomis going forward. I'm glad that wasn't just me thinking that on the last Roundup podcast where I spoke about it. Last week's Raw Roundup. Um, I think it was last week's Raw Roundup where I talked about it. But then I had friends who texted me afterwards, all my wrestling fan friends, who all seemed to kind of have the same opinion as me on Gargano and Loomis. Not, I shouldn't say that. I should say, I'll word it differently. Though. On, on uh, Gargano needing to be on his own rather than the mouthpiece for Dexter Loomis. Speaking of the Gargano family... Candice LeRae was interviewed after that. And in the background, you could see Nikki Cross continuing to stalk her. I'm guessing, and I don't know this, 
this is just my guess, but with all these people who are being brought back, there were rumors of other members of Sanity being brought back as well, and I'm wondering if they're just waiting to cross their T's and dot their I's on all of that. And in the meantime, we have Nikki Cross stalking Candice LeRae. She's been doing it all over social media. We see it here. She's in the background. And I do think it'd be nice to see Sanity against Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, and Dexter Loomis. And then somehow that can lead to a separation or, or some sort. But I just, I guess my thought process on the Johnny Gargano Loomis thing is I just don't like Johnny being the sole mouthpiece for Dexter Loomis. I felt like when they did the way, there was so many people within that group that it felt like multiple people were kind of talking for Dexter Loomis. And it wasn't just one person who kind of felt like the mouthpiece for Dexter Loomis. So if there can somehow get like a dynamic similar to the way again, maybe we bring Indy Hartwell over, I'm not sure. But somehow getting a similar vibe to that, maybe I could see this working again. But when it's just Johnny and Dexter, I can't help but think that Johnny would be better off on his own moving up the ranks as a singles competitor to get to his first singles gold on the main roster. That being said, I do think it'd be entertaining to see Loomis, Gargano, and Candice against, I don't know, but I mean, if we're guessing here, Nikki Cross... Eric Young, Nikki's husband, getting them everyone in there, bringing them back. And, you know, just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that, you know, if we get Killian Dane back in there, maybe Eric Young back in there, we get a sanity on the main roster. I'd be into that because clearly Nikki Cross is setting something up with the way that she's been stalking Candace LeRae. Something's being set up there. Next. We had Austin Theory come out to gloat about his win over Rollins Rollins last week. But then he gets interrupted by Seth on crutches. Theory continues to talk crap and says he's going to win the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania to win the Undisputed Universal title. Rollins admits that he's not 100% right now, but says he will be by Royal Rumble. And he'll see Theory then. Uh, Lashley then reappears for the first time in weeks and walks to the ring to confront Austin Theory. Theory attempts to use Rollins' crutch that he left behind, but Lashley hits the spear, then tosses Austin out of the ring and says that his suspension is over and he can't wait to manhandle every single superstar in the Royal Rumble. All right, let's talk about this. First, we'll go to the beginning of this Theory's not winning the Royal Rumble. Just getting that out of the way. (laughs) Uh, Two, really happy that Seth Rollins is not actually injured. I was so nervous with his tweet last week where he dropped the redesign, rebuild, reclaim like he did years ago when he was actually injured. Good to know that this was just playing into the storyline a little bit and he is not actually going to miss major ring time. That would have been awful before the Royal Rumble, right ahead of WrestleMania. And Seth Rollins is one of those guys who always delivers at WrestleMania, so it would have been such a bummer, such a shot to the WrestleMania card if Seth Rollins couldn't be a part of it. So I was elated to see that Seth Rollins is going to be cleared by the Royal Rumble. That's going to be good for every single wrestling fan. Next Lashley reappearing. Finally, finally, Lashley 
reappearing. I have something I want to say about it. But I think that I should wait until the next part of the show. There's one, I think we should wait until the big development that happened later in this episode. All right, next we got Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae, and I think I rushed past the last uh, the, the, the setup for this because I was so busy talking about Nikki Cross in the background, but Rhea Ripley uh, interrupted that segment, called Candice delusional for thinking that she could win the Royal Rumble, and Candice challenged her to a match later. So here we are, Candice LeRae versus Rhea Ripley. Candice went on the attack early on, but Rhea caught her DDT attempt, her, her spinning DDT attempt, and tossed her across the ring to take control. There was another cool spot, too, in this match where Candice slipped out of a superplex attempt in a cool way and then hit a German suplex on Rhea out of the corner. Rhea came back, though, and hit the Riptide later for the win. An expected win for Candice, excuse me, for Rhea Ripley here. An expected win for Rhea Ripley. Let me say that again. An expected win for Rhea Ripley here. But, you know, I see people talking about how some of these people who've been brought back aren't, like, necessarily going on these giant winning streaks. And, of course not. Like, some of these people weren't brought back necessarily to go on these giant runs. Some of these people were brought back, one, because they never should have been let go in the first place. And two, because they can fill out the rest of the card. They can help make other people look good. And that's what happened here. Rhea Ripley and Candice both looked good here in this match, even in the short amount of time they had. Candice LeRae looked like she is a fighter. Rhea Ripley looked dominant as hell. There was nothing wrong with this. And there was there, Candice doesn't need to be on some big winning streak. And that's coming from someone who is a big Candice LeRae fan. What we need is is more character development across the card. What we need is characters that people can connect with throughout the show. And that's what these people being brought back was meant to do. Some of these people who fans had connected with that shouldn't have been gone in the first place being brought back and given an opportunity to thrive on the main roster like they should have before. So these people weren't all brought back to necessarily be on these massive runs. While some of them should, you know, are going to be getting those opportunities, they are going to be getting more singles opportunities. I didn't mean to repeat myself there, but they're going to keep doing stuff with these people and they are going to grow to those levels. However, Rhea Ripley's been on a roll. She's been killing it. She's one of the hottest acts in the company. People love Rhea Ripley. She's got a ginormous stand army. People are bowing to mommy and Rhea Ripley is killing it right now. So there was no reason for her to lose at all. Had no problem with this. And it was a fun match. All right. So here's what I was talking about. Byron Saxton rushes into Lashley's locker room after that to ask him about his return. But MVP interrupts saying he and Bobby have business to discuss. MVP then asks if he and Bobby are good and mentions that he helped get Bobby's suspension lifted. MVP also says that mistakes were made and that he convinced Shelton and Cedric to admit that mistakes were made as well. And he wants to know if they can move forward. Lashley says he can't forget what went down between them, but that he'll let bygones be bygones. MVP tells him that he'll let him go about his business, but should he want to expand on it, MVP still has the same number. Love this. You know, I think that if the Hurt Business had just gotten back together, 
as if nothing had ever happened, just because it's what the fans want. The person, the the, the wrestling fan in me who likes to see creative storylines and logic would have complained about there being no logic in Hurt Business reforming like nothing ever happened between them. Because we have seen stuff happen between them. We've seen the breakup of the group. We watched it unfold on TV. So to act like it never happened would have insulted my intelligence. So the fact that we're getting these slow bits on the way to getting back there is something I appreciate as a wrestling fan. I like to see logic on my television. So the moment when Bobby finally needs the Hurt Business on his side is going to be a big moment. And I think it explains why Bobby Lashley is kind of acting like a face again right now when he had previously been acting like a heel. Because when he rejoins the Hurt Business, I think they're going to be a heel faction on the show. I don't think they're going to be positioned as baby faces. My ultimate hope is that we get another match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. But this time, Bobby Lashley has the Hurt Business backing him up, and he beats Brock at WrestleMania. That's what I want to see happen in their next outing. That's where I want to see this Hurt Business storyline going. And I think that the way they're getting there so far, at least in terms of bringing the group back together, has made logical sense. And I think that when they reform, it's going to be a big moment on TV. So really happy with what they're doing so far in terms of bringing the Hurt Business back together. Next, there was another Cody Rhodes video package that aired. Cody says he can't watch the Hell in a Cell match back because it's scary to see how much he's sacrificing. Footage is shown of Cody's surgery, and we see Brandy on WWE TV again. I was going to say for the first time, but it's for the first time since, I guess, for the first time since Cody has returned to WWE. Uh, Cody then says that after surgery, he knew the real work would begin. So here's my question to you. I know we all expected Cody to return in the Royal Rumble, and I know that he's even on the Royal Rumble poster. But are they foretelling it too much with these video packages? Do you think that they're showing you that Cody is going to be there almost too much or excuse me do you think that they're insinuating that Cody being there is too much do you think that it will take away from the surprise pop that he would have gotten if his music had just played at a certain number these are questions I'm actually asking you I'm not being uh sarcastic or being snarky I'm actually wondering what all of you think because I've seen varying opinions and I'm not really sure which side I fall on because I can see both arguments I see a lot of people saying that it's very reminiscent of Triple H's 2002 return and that Cody could get a similar reaction which does make a lot of sense however I just can't help but think that a surprise return always brings about maximum crowd response however I want to hear from you guys because I really am on the fence here. I'm not sure which one it is. And I'd like you all to tell me what you think. So please 
tweet me and let me know. Next, Dolph is being interviewed backstage about wrestling solo Sokoa later. Mustafa Ali angrily approached him saying he was told by Pierce that Dolph didn't want to team with him in the tag team turmoil match. Ziggler says not to take it personally and that this is this is about more than the two of them that he hopes Ali understands, but Ali does not look like he understands as Dolph Ziggler walks away. Next, we get a Bronson Reed video package, and then he was interviewed by Byron Saxton. Miz takes the lead on talking here, saying that he and Reed have each other's backs. Reed explains that there's no us between him and Miz, and says if he wants something from him again, he can pay him. This was good. <laughs> this was reassuring. I don't think we necessarily needed the pairing of Miz and Bronson Reed going forward. I think Bronson Reed being his own force is much better. He's a tough dude. He's someone who can get over on his own. He can talk when it calls for it. I don't think that he needs to be caught up in a bunch of Miz funny business. Let Bronson Reed be a uh, let Bronson Reed be the animal that he is in the ring who can go on the top rope, who can smash you, who can beat the crap out of you. Let him do that. Sure, if you want to let Miz pay him sometimes and at least get him involved in other stories, I mean, I guess it can't hurt. But I would like to see Bronson Reed get a real push. I just don't think that he needs to get involved in funny stuff right now when he's someone who really can just go in the ring, who just can it can really just do his thing, and I just don't think that he needs to get caught up in Miz business. And it seems like that's kind of what this promo was meant to signify. Wait, I'm rolling over to get a sip of water. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm back, see? I just I feel bad when I'm in the car, and then when you're, you're in the car, you're doing whatever, and then suddenly it's just silent for a second. I feel like I need to give you a heads up. This is why it's... Easier when I have a, a partner to talk with. <sighs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Okay. Next, we had Solo Sokoa versus Dolph Ziggler. Solo took control early on. Dolph fought back and got some nice near falls. Solo then got Dolph up for a powerbomb, though. Tossed him off while hitting the Samoan spike to get the win. The Usos hopped the guardrail to celebrate with Solo even though they weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> um, man, Solo just keeps getting this huge push. He keeps looking like a beast. Keeps getting wins against established performers. Keeps holding his own against established performers. Looks like he belongs. This is a push to where I genuinely believe that in a year's time, we could see a feud between Solo and Roman Reigns that would be believable, that people would buy into, that people would want to see. That's how much Solo Sokoa has impressed me in his short time on the main roster. Dude's like a one-man wrecking crew just running through people, but when he's in the match with people, I think that you can tell when someone looks like they belong or someone looks like they're trying their best to look like they should be there. And Solo Sokoa, every time he's on screen, looks like a star. Every time he's in a match, no matter who, no matter how high up the person he's wrestling is on the card, he looks like he belongs against them. Solo Sokoa really has 
been impressive. Am I crazy for thinking that we could see Solo versus Roman Reigns in a year's time? Am I crazy for that? I don't think I am. In fact, I could even see him winning the IC title at some point in time too. And I know Gunther's been doing a great job with it. But if the if the bloodline doesn't break up, even if they do, I could see him being an IC champion in the next few months. It would not surprise me. That's how much he has been killing it. That's how much he has impressed me in his matches. There's something about that Samoan spike too. If you're using that Samoan spike, you're going to get an Umaga-like push. And Solo has really lived up to the occasion. That powerbomb into the spike looked sick. I love cool setups like that. When you got a unique setup, very cool. Loving seeing Solo Sokoa get that monster push. Next, Bailey was interviewed by Kathy Kelly, but gets approached by Mia Yim, who was pissed about Bailey cheating earlier. Damage control then beat her down, and Bailey gets in her face saying to not step up for someone who won't be there for her. Next, my favorite part of the show, Miz TV with Dominic, Mysterio, and Judgment Day. This was phenomenal. Dominic Mysterio has a whole new transformation. We saw last week where he was prison dom. This week, he went full K-Dog. I'm talking about Conan, who was someone who had a hand in training Dominic as well. But he definitely had the K-Dog attire on. He had the flannel with the top buttons on. He had the, the, the bandana around his face. When he came out and did that like cholo drop-down pose in front of Judgment Day, I died. It was so funny. Dominic Mysterio is finally finding the character that works for him. I love how silly this is. I don't care that it's... He's clearly in on the joke. He's, you're not supposed to think that Dominic is suddenly hard. That's the joke. I saw a couple people in my replies who clearly don't understand the joke. I'm like, oh, he doesn't look tough at all. Or, oh, he was only... It was only supposed to be there for five hours. What? That's the joke. That's the whole joke is that he is hard for being in jail for five hours or whatever it was. That's why this is funny, guys. I hope that if you, I hope that if you're listening to this, you're not one of those people who tweeted me trying to poke hole, trying to poke holes in the logic of this story because it's fantastic. I love it. Dominic trying to look hard. So Dominic talked about. How he had to do what he had to do to see mommy again in prison, and that he was that he was around the worst possible people there. Dom now continues to talk with a deeper voice and tells a story about slapping his roommate at one point, and then says, "Now I truly know how Martha Stewart feels." Miz points out that he heard he was only in holding for a few hours, but Judgment Day backs him down, saying he was misinformed. And finally, Gallows and Anderson interrupt this to kick off the tag team turmoil match. We're going to get to the tag team turmoil match. But first, Prison Dom, Dominic Mysterio, Cholo Dom, K-Dom, that's the name. He's K-Dom. Of course, K-Dom. That's what I'm calling him from now on. K-Dom played his part to perfection here. Rich kid 
acting like a hardened criminal for being in jail for a couple hours. I really think this is going to work for Dominic Mysterio. I really think that he can take this and run with it. And I actually think that taking a page from someone he's so close with in Conan was such a good call. Such a good call. It had to have been intentional. He's had intentional, uh, you know, allusions to Eddie, Ray before. Now he's taking a page from someone who was in the NWO, K-Dog, and he was acting hard, dude. I actually felt like Dominic did a good job of not, you know, playing into, you know, the, the fake part of what he's doing and actually believing what he's doing because I think that when you believe what you're doing, when you believe in what you are trying to sell someone, people will buy it. If you don't believe in what you're trying to sell someone, people will not buy it. And Dominic is clearly believing in what he is doing. And it's great. I hope they keep it going. I think that Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> Dominic Mysterio as a Cholo could become the best part of Monday Night Raw every week. I enjoy comedic characters, and if Dom's not going to, you know, try, this is a way of, you know, not having to have five-star matches and really forming a different ring style. To me, one of the problems has always been that he was trying to do high-flyer stuff, and I think that as, uh, you know, as this more grounded uh, Cholo-like character, he can maybe start to form a different moveset. Maybe take some of the moves from Conan. Hit, bust out some Tequila Sunrise in your match. Uh, you know, do 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 some of his mannerisms in the ring. I think it's gonna work. And we saw, you know, tonight he was still acting a little soft in the actual tag team turmoil match, which I'll get to what happened with him in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I I really do think that this twist of the character and Dom just fully buying into the fact that he is tough and judgment day hyping him up as such is really going to be entertaining. All right. Lastly, let's get to this main event tag team turmoil match. It began with the OC versus judgment day. The OC get eliminated after Dominic interferes. And then once again, more hurt business stuff. We get a little mini hurt business Reunion as Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander team up with each other in this match. Shelton and Cedric had a solid showing, but it wasn't enough, and they lost. But I do, excuse me, I do think it was smart to show that Shelton and Cedric are on the same page. Oh man, I got the hiccups. A terrible time to have the hiccups when you're hosting a podcast by yourself. I'm gonna drink this drink. Hold on one second. Excuse me. Terrible time to get the hiccups. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that if you want the Hurt Business to have a meaningful reunion, smart to have Shelton Benjamin and Cedric starting the team again. I also really do wonder if the Hurt Business were to get back together, what do you do with Amos? Do you put him with the Hurt Business? Or do you have him feud against the Hurt Business? Mad that MVP tossed him to the side. And we try out Babyface almost. I think Babyface almost might be the way to go. I've interviewed the guy in person. 
He's super personable. He's very nice. He is a hero to people where he's from. I think you could get Babyface Amos over. Am I crazy for thinking that? Is that the right way to go? Rather than pairing him with the group? Now, I understand there are advantages to pairing him with the group as well. Obviously, continuing to gain experience from MVP. Being being involved in storylines where he doesn't have to wrestle every week. He's just a problem solver for the group. Those things are good too. I really could see either one, but I do think Babyface and Moss would be fun to see. I can't decide which would be better though. Babyface and Moss going against the Hurt Business or a Moss being part of Hurt Business 2.0. I guess you really could go either way. I'm not sure which one's better. I hate when I'm like, <laughs> when I have like, my my both my brains are saying different things. That's what happens when you have ADD. I I'm having trouble deciding which one I think would be better. I think now that I've laid out both, I think the better option would be a Moss being part of Hurt Business 2.0. That's what I think. Yeah, I think my one side of the brain has conquered the other. Yeah, that's what I think is better. <laughs> Alpha Academy were next in this match. Otis at one point busted out the caterpillar again for old time's sake. Then went to hit a splash out of the corner, but he did it to Gable by accident. This allowed Priest to get the win for their team again. But Finn was struggling on the outside of the ring, looking injured. So Adam Pierce proposes Dominic take his place in the match. And Dominic finally agrees. But Priest tells him not to be too soft. Kind of quietly says it. Rhea Ripley slaps him for saying it. Then we get the final match of Dominic, Mysterio, and Priest versus Street Profits. There was a great sequence here where Priest got his mouth bloodied by Ford and then got roped into falling out of the ring. Montez prepared to dive out on him, but Dominic crept up behind and Ford chased him out of the ring. Dom then kept him at bay until Priest ran over to hit a pounce on Ford that sent him flying, and then Judgment Day turned around and Dawkins hit a beautiful dive over the top rope onto them both. The closing stretch saw Dom sneakily tag into the match, then get knocked out on the top rope. Ford then dove over him onto Priest, then came back, pushed him into the ring, hit a 450 on Dom, but Priest pulled his legs, and Dom rolled up Mysterio, excuse me, Dom rolled up Montez with his feet on the ropes to get the win. The Usos appear at the end for a face-to-face with Judgment, who are now the number one contenders as the show comes to a close. Judgment Day versus Usos, that's going to be a banger. I'm excited about that. I'm wondering if Dom is the one in the match since he's the one who got the pin here, or if it's going to be Balor and Priest. I'm guessing it's going to be Balor and Priest. But either way, props to the Judgment Day for going that long, dude. They went for like an hour here in this match. Even though Balor uh, and Dominic did a switcheroo, the fact that Priest went for that full hour, gotta give the man credit. Dude killed it. Dude crushed it. Priest was kicking ass in that match, looking like a badass, had multiple cool spots. Gotta give credit where credit is due to that man because this was 
entertaining. I think that also, on top of it, I appreciated that we got various stories woven in as well. We got, you know, the beef, the former beef between OC and Judgment Day that started things off, mini Hurt Business reunion, got Otis going old school, Dominic having to take Balor's place, Street Profits being unable to get that number one contender spot again, looking frustrated afterwards, got Prison Dom getting the win on the main event of Raw. That's why I said, man, Monday Night Dom. (laughs) Monday Night Dom. Big night for that guy. Yes, you can definitely say that Damian Priest was the MVP of that main event, but I think you got to say the MVP of this week's Raw was Dominic Mysterio. Once again, lighting up social media, getting everybody talking, then being involved in the main event and getting the win over an established act in the Street Profits. Big night for Dominic Mysterio. I'm enjoying what's happening with him. I think that he is slowly becoming a lot of people's favorite part of Monday Night Raw. And I don't think that people would have expected that just a few short weeks ago. All right, I'm done here. I'm wrapping up. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast channel and leave a review. Yeah, podcast. Yep, podcast feed, not channel. Whatever, Pod. Subscribe to this freaking podcast, okay? And leave a rating or a review. I appreciate it very much for those of you who do that. And make sure you listen to Wednesday's brand new Out of Character with NXT superstar Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Yep, do that. It's going to be on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can watch the video of it. Make sure you subscribe there as well. It's where you can find Out of Character on video, YouTube shorts from the show, clips from Raw and SmackDown. There's YouTube shorts from wrestling content as well. There's stuff in the community tab. There's so much, so make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Go follow us on social media as well, at WWE on Fox, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, TikTok as well. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another Raw Roundup. Yeah.